Alrighty guys, welcome back to another oh, already bugging up. <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Adventure Fit Radio. This week on the show, man, she's <laughs> uh, this week on the show, a hot chick walks yeah. past and uh, Tommy yeah. gets distracted. Yeah. Welcome Tommy back to Adventure uh, Radio. Distracted. <laughs> uh, this week on the show, we had the great man, the man, the myth, the legend. We had Tommy Hackenbrook, who, uh, for all our CrossFit listeners, is a, uh, a very well-versed CrossFitter. He's been to the games. He's, uh, his team has won. CrossFit. Twice, yeah. Yeah, twice, yeah. yeah. So he, he definitely knows his shit. He's a legend. He's a legend. He, uh, for me personally, was actually a lot more sarcastic than I'd expect him to be. So we both developed nicknames for each other and, uh, and uh, now officially are around each other. You, uh, you stole his nickname, didn't you? And I stole did. it back. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm the bone. He goes, oh, no, nah, bro. I'm not. You're not the bone. I'm the bone. I'm like, no, this is awkward now. Probably another hour and a half to talk. But, but uh, guys, this episode is brought to you by Quash Creative. So. Quash Creative is a freelance design firm right here in Melbourne, in Elwood specifically, and uh, it's run by our good mate, uh, Shawnee Marsh. It's Ryan Bale. Yeah, I know. It's Ryan Bale? Yeah. Ryan Bale. Ryan Bale. <laughs> a good mate of ours, uh, Shawnee Marsh, and basically, guys, he will sell... <laughs> he'll, sell you, he'll sell you things He'll sell you things Yeah It's Ryan Basically, Bale Somebody who will sell you things He'll uh, If you come to him With any sort of Business brand Or, or website issue uh, Anything along those lines Guys He'll uh, help you out And give you the best information For which to solve it And the offer is guys If you mention Adventure Fit Radio If you head to www.quashcreative.com and mention Adventure Fit Radio, you will get a free basic SEO report or existing or a feedback on your existing brand or website. So quashcreative.com there, guys. Bill, talk also, to us about Audible. Also, guys, we are brought to you by Audible. Audible is a fantastic audiobook warehouse online. It's got nearly every book that's ever worthy of being read uh, housed there. And uh, what you'll get if you sign up to Audible through our link, guys, which is www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio, is you'll get one free month of Audible and one free audiobook. If you're not, uh, if you're not on Audible and if you're not using your, uh, your time to get in books, I think you're mad. There's so much time in your day where you can be passively taking in information or uh, entertainment depending on whether you want to learn or you want to be uh, entertained through novels and stuff. Uh, so head to audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio to check that out. And we're also brought to you by Adventure Fit Travel, guys. Adventure Fit Travel is a travel company for the fitness community. We're heading off to um, Iceland in December. We've got two Iceland trips running, uh, running there. We've got a few tickets left on our second one. We're also heading off to uh, New Zealand early next year. Uh, Australia, uh, Great Barrier Reef trip, and then Kokoda. We've got lots more trips coming up after that. But if you want to check it out, do yourself a favor. If you're ready for a holiday, come and see us. Head to www.adventurefittravel.com. Use the code word ro- radio, not rodeo, but radio. And <laughs> you will get, radio. <laughs> and you'll get uh, 10% off. And guys, finally, we have a new sponsor. And that sponsor is... The Mind Mate. The Mind Mate. <laughs> the Mind Mate is now currently sponsoring Adventure Fit Radio. You will get no offer. You will get absolutely nothing other than hearing the name The Mind Mate. So stay tuned. Head to themindmate.com. Uh, is it .com or .com? It's, it's .com at this stage. Dot yes. .com. So yes. head to, uh, to themindmate.com and see what Tommy's up to. You will uh, follow, his, uh, follow his growth as he starts his entrepreneurial journey and uh, use the code word radio to get a free blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I really... <laughs> <laughs> Go to Red Radio. Go to Red Radio. Here's Tommy Hackenberg. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one. No touching of the hair or face. And that's it. 
Guys, welcome back to Adventure Street Radio. We are sitting here very, uh, very confusingly with uh, <laughs> with with Tommy Hackenbrook and uh, and Tommy Ahern, and we're having a war over, over <laughs> who's Tommy and who's who's Hack and who's the bone. And we're going to figure it out at some point, guys. <laughs> we'll try we, to figure this out before we throw to the Tommy Hackenbrook. <laughs> I will throw to uh, throw to the bin the bin man, <laughs> and uh, he'll start us off with uh, with Tommy's tribute. <laughs> Alrighty, welcome, Mr. Tommy Hackenbrook, T Bone. Uh, this song is called House. Of the rising brook. <clears throat> and it goes a little something like this. There is a man from the USA. They call him Hagenbrook And he's strong when he's fit And he's got a bottomless pit yeah, Tell me, tell us how to take He's got those traits that make him a success And I'm happy Talking to you. Welcome aboard, Tommy. Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. <laughs> hey, uh, Tommy, welcome to the show, man. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into uh, coaching and owning, uh, owning CrossFit affiliates and gyms and, uh, and so forth? Being a legend. <laughs> Being a legend. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very short story. Um, no, I'm a. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. That's um, where I currently reside, and I'm just a, just a regular dude who uh, grew up in Oregon. Um, come from a, a pretty large family, six kids, and so, um, uh, you know, have some great parents, and, and I learned, you know, work ethic from them. Um, my dad was a high school football coach, so athletics were always a big part of my life, and um, basically you know, pursued that, um, through college, through, uh, American football. And with, uh, when that dream ended with, uh, you know, 10 days in Canada and the CFL, um, I just kind of, uh, moved on with my life and, uh, <clears throat> stumbled upon CrossFit a few years later. You know, there's a, a little gap there, um, after my sports career was over and CrossFit kind of reignited a, a new sports career. And I got into, you know, coaching, affiliate ownership, and competing back in 2009, uh, about eight years ago. Gotcha. And have just been pursuing that um, since. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. So, and nowadays, so still own uh, multiple gyms under under the Ute CrossFit banner. Yeah, I do. Um, I've, I've really kind of shifted gears uh, the last two years. Um, 
more focus on on business and less focus on being an athlete. Yes. Um, but at, at one point, I own three gyms, and I currently own uh, two affiliates. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm happily, you know, a, a two affiliate owner. I think I I could be even happier with just one. Uh, but both of them are doing well right now. Oh, that's good. Mm. So, what would you say? Um, would you say that what excites you most at the moment is it the fact? Uh, is it do you still do much coaching, or is it just trying to run the best business that you can, or still do you still have a fair bit of passion for um, keeping yourself at your you know your athletic peak? What's the thing that really drives you at the moment? Um, it, it's a constant struggle trying to find time for everything, and and I'm not going to sit here and like you know talk or brag or, or whine about how busy I am because I know everybody's busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but prioritizing has been. Uh, really tough. I, I'd say over the last couple of years, um, I've uh, family is always the biggest priority, but it's it's just gotten busier. I have a 15 month old at home, uh, and, and then an eight and a seven year old. Um, so, um, you know, the the priorities have have stayed intact, but um, I just ran out of time for certain things, and so I've had to. Um, shift gears, but I've actually over the last year I've found a lot of joy in, in kind of everything. Um, I don't, I, I would consider myself retired. I'm not aiming to compete um, at a high level in anything athletically right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I still enjoy training and I enjoy coaching as much as ever, um, and I enjoy business, you know, and, and failing at, <laughs> at that more than I ever have. <laughs> it's good fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is all right cool so let's go talk about like uh let's talk delve into coaching a little bit what is it the the thing that um excites you most as a coach are you excited by you know coaching your your high level um athletes that you do trying to get a, a team to the games or are you kind of um more excited when you know somebody with a lifestyle journey that that wants to you know needs needs to lose some weight or wants to change their their image of themselves or, or just challenge themselves that you know they haven't had any passion for anything for a while you know what what type of um i'm sure you've got quite a bit of passion for both but how what excites you as an actual coach these days um just the everyday client you know i i really have a have a stronger passion now for for helping people you know just just hit new prs and and you know find more success in the gym and in life and and really just um see people achieve higher levels of, of happiness, um, through fitness. So, uh, it probably relates somewhat just to where I'm at in my journey. Um, I absolutely love coaching higher level athletes, but I find myself doing it very, very little, um, probably mm-hmm. just because I think it, it naturally fit in. If I was training, you know, that it was, it was kind of like just mentoring those around me. And, um, once I stopped competing and stopped you know, have a time to, to be in the gym two, three hours a day, most days, uh, a lot of those people disappeared, um, Mm -hmm. and moved on to better situations for themselves. So, Mm -hmm. um, I just really like coaching everyday folks. I think I relate really well to them now, um, because that's kind of how I see myself. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a really the highlight, you know, the more I, slave away at a, like just being a monkey behind a computer and sending emails and yep. uh, doing, you know, real grown up stuff. <laughs> um, 
the more I appreciate the coaching time. You know, I just like being in the gym. Uh, we, we talk about it with our community, you know, this should be the best hour of your day. Yep. And for me as a coach, you know, it's, it's the same way. It's the best hour two, three hours of my day. Um, I'm not in the gym 12 hours a day coaching and managing and hands on. I'm in there, you know, at the most, maybe three or four hours, but I really enjoy it. It's, it's a little bit of an escape for me. Yeah, that's mm. great. And I suppose, um, we spoke to, um, bodybuilder uh, Mike Rashid at one point he said um, something similar that he he loved just dealing with the everyday people he had yeah. people that would be um, want to be bodybuilders professional bodybuilders pretty high level guys that would come to him and he just he ended up starting flat out refuse those guys because he felt like and, and I feel like it's probably more rewarding to help the people that probably need your help to some degree like all your CrossFit Games athletes I mean they need your help they need a coach and they need someone who's got good experience and a good mind for cycling a barbell yep but you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of people out there that need help to actually really improve their lives that that have no idea you know the general pop don't don't have any idea about no, training that's exactly. probably so you're probably going to get more of a more bang for your buck like doing positive yeah. positive impact on the world by helping you know helping the the, the general everyday populace i'd imagine yeah i think there's just a higher level of appreciation you know yep. that uh your, your everyday athlete goes to the gym to, to their goal is to better themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your competitive person has different goals and they go to the gym for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And so they're typically, um, less appreciative. They just have a different, um, perspective on life. And, and, you know, I hope this doesn't come across as a, as a knock to anybody, but, and, and I'm victim of the exact same thing. So, you know, not to be a hypocrite, like, when I was competing, I was, I was selfish. I was into, you know, what my workout was. And, and if I didn't do well on something, it put me in a bad mood. Like who goes to the gym to be put in a bad mood, right? Yeah. Um, sure, yeah. <laughs> but, but that's the reality of, of being a competitive athlete is, mm. is you're, you're in that mindset. Um, and so you just got to take that with a grain of salt and understand it comes with the territory. And there's also some very high highs. I mean, when you put that much work into something and, and you do well at a competition, I mean, that could be, a defining moment, you know, in, in your life, that could be something that, that you look back on 20 years from now. Um, your everyday client isn't going to, you know, probably have those type of defining moments just in the gym day to day, but the gym for them is a positive experience every single day. They're not, you know, they don't go into the gym to stress out about, uh, their friend time, you know, they're, they're going there to, uh, to kind of get away. So I, I definitely can see how trainers, you know, eventually find that and um competing is a grind from the athlete's perspective and it's also a grind from the coach's perspective i think if you are going to coach um high level athletes you have to understand that you have to be willing to grind um with those athletes yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so how does it um how does it differ like uh how does it differ coaching you know crossfit level uh crossfit games level athletes compared to mom and pop walking through the door, uh, mid-age kind of people. Like obviously the programming is going to differ. We, we know the programming is going to differ, but how, do you, how does it differ just on an emotional level dealing with these kind of beginners as opposed to seasoned athletes, very athletically gifted people? Um, you know, the, the main way it differs is just a, it's, it's different dialogue and there's also, um, you know, you, you have a lot more bandwidth um, with regular folks because they're in and out in that hour and you can have a, a really positive impact on them. Um, you're limited in bandwidth in both ways, but with my 
with my clients that I coach, I feel like I can really impact, you know, somewhere between 50 to 100, 120, 150 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm talking about high level athletes, you know, maybe, maybe a dozen, and that's going to wrap up a lot of my time and a lot of my energy. Yep. Uh, so I think to effectively coach high level athletes, you're just very limited in, in how many people you can impact, mm. but, um, it's a stronger, you know, tighter bond. Um, you know, there's, that's why I think, you know, you hear of a lot more bad breakups from, uh, from that end of the spectrum than you do, you know, coaching your everyday folks. It's, it's just a higher level commitment. It's, a uh, it's a lot more involved. Um, so I prefer to impact more people. Um, it, it just makes me, you know, feel, I think a little more fulfilled in what I do every day. And, uh, but I'm also careful, you know, you can't, uh, you can't impact, you, you, you only have so much bandwidth. So, yeah. uh, you know, with my two affiliates, I, I coach some, some kind of specialty interval classes where it's, um, you know, it's more like a deloading class, but, but we go hard, you know, we just, we're not doing stuff that's going to make you really sore. Um, and so there's about 20, 30 people who, who really religiously go to those classes and I love it cause I'm getting really close with all of them and, and we have a lot of fun together. Um, with, uh, you know, I'm realistic. I can't have a tight relationship with, you know, 300 plus clients. So I have managers at each gym and I, you know, they're, they're kind of a morning person and an evening person is how I try to delegate. And so mm-hmm. they know that's their role. You know, each, each manager, their role is to be, you know, the best friend of about 50 to hundred people and, yeah. and know their names and know their stories. Um, so that's the way I've delegated that to, to, to keep a tight community in the gyms. Cause I, I found that expanding gyms, I was losing it. Yeah, for sure. Cause that's, that's what it is really, isn't it? When you're a, when you're some sort of a fitness trainer, you're a, you're a sounding board, you know, cause everybody, everybody wants to come and get their, their stuff off their chest. And then there's got to be someone there that'll, um, that'll hear them out. But, um, are you, are you, um, scrunching some paper or something in the, in the back down there, Tommy? Cause we're picking it up on, uh, on our end pretty, pretty loud. Yeah, I was opening a bag of uh, potato chips. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I thought you. Were, I, I would have guessed you were writing down all your nicknames on a piece of paper. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't have any, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, What's, uh, what, uh, what potato chips are you eating, mate? Uh, salt and vinegar. Ah, yeah, the best. Do you reckon uh, you could just send yeah. them over in a package? <laughs> yeah, you guys have those down in uh, Melbourne. We, <laughs> we certainly do. We certainly do. Um, yeah, that's, those yeah, are pretty good. They're fucking good. Um, yeah, cool. So. And what about um what about when you're talking when you are kind of trying to um win the CrossFit Games basically with your team? What do you do to um with a team of uh three or four males and, and females obviously, what do you do to make mm, make sure that the team is working as a team, you know? How what are the most important things to get that amazing culture, amazing camaraderie, bond, com- bond and camaraderie yeah. inside of your um inside of your elite teams that you coach? Um Man, that's uh, that's a whole long discussion. But um, a, a big part of it is is getting the right people on board. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's not – there's no like magic formula to it. But if you start out with people who are team players, uh, it's a lot easier to, to form that yep. uh, than, uh, than if you don't. So the, what I did was basically try to – you know, set a, an example and set a, a standard of, uh, of excellence and, uh, you know, and hold myself accountable and then, you know, make sure everybody around me 
held that standard as well. Um, it's, uh, you know, it wasn't that hard because when we won twice, we had a really good makeup of, um, very much team first people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd say five out of six of us were, were very, very, very strongly team first. And the sixth person was, um, you know, pretty, pretty much team first. You know, I'd, I'd say there's one person that was a little less or a little more selfish maybe. Um, but it, it didn't impact the overall dynamic. Um, another year we did it when we took third, you know, to be quite honest, uh, I don't think we ever really got to that point of cohesiveness. And, uh, um, part of it, part of it was we didn't have enough t- time. We didn't spend enough time together. A lot of us were trained on our own. There, there's a lot of busy schedules. So we're all trained at the same gym, but, um, at different times yes. and, and under different circumstances. Um, and, and that was, uh, it was, it was a disaster. You know, we took third and we, honestly, we, we gave it away. Um, I don't think we we're the best team there. I, I think we, I think every team did their best to, to lose that year, to not win. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was a weird year where like literally everybody, every team was making huge mistakes repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was a unique opportunity to, uh, to run away with it. And I think that's what, um, you know, CrossFit Mayhem did. That was their first year winning the affiliate cup. And, mm-hmm. um, they, I don't think they were the best team there by any means. Um, but they, they made the fewest mistakes and, um, they, they were tight and, and they, uh, trust each other, you know, and, and they, uh, had some really good leadership from rich. And, um, and then the next year, you know, they definitely ran away with it that next year and, and they were the fittest team there. Um, and, and you can see the difference. Yeah. Well, is that, I mean, is that a hard decision for you to make as a coach where you're looking at, uh, I mean, camaraderie and, and literally teamwork in a team is, is obviously very, very important. But if you've got someone who's a very, very good individual athlete, is it a struggle to make that decision? Is it a struggle to make that decision between choosing someone who's individually very good as opposed to someone who's by no means as skilled strong or fit but does seem to work a little better in a team like do you try to take that individual athlete on board in the hope that they'll they'll evolve oh yeah i mean it's it's extremely difficult i've had a lot of uh, a, a lot of affiliate owners athletes coaches whatever you'll call them mm. uh reach out to me you know they're like hey tommy i'm trying to put together a team you know this is the situation i'm dealing with what's your advice and man it's hard because first of all you don't even know what the events are so yeah like good luck trying to try to analyze people's strengths and weaknesses yeah. and pick the best person you could you could you know you could just be in agony trying to make this decision and then you know they they whip out the workouts for the games you're like oh I fucked that one up yeah so yeah. don't don't even try to you know choose based on that um, but there, there's a few pitfalls um, you know you you absolutely you don't want to uh, take the easy way out all the time. Like sometimes as a coach, I, I see them putting people on the team, you know, because that person's a trainer. I've made this mistake in the past. You know, I put someone on my team because they were a trainer at the gym. And so I didn't want to like ruffle the feathers there. And um, you lose credibility with your with your other teammates, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, everybody wants to win. Cool. Um, so you have to make a lot of really, really tough decisions and it, it really fucking sucks because all you have is the information at hand. You make a tough decision and then, you know, you have no clue what the outcome's going to be. So you can end mm. up looking like a complete ass, uh, you know, when your team doesn't perform well. Yeah. Or you could, uh, you know, you could make a tough decision and, and look like a genius. 
Um, so the best way to counteract that is just by outworking everybody. Um, that way, no matter what decision you make, you're going to look really smart. Um, <laughs> but if you know if, if you haven't put in the work, you haven't outworked everybody. Um, it, it's excruciating. I, I think yeah. as a coach, you have to. You know, my my recommendation to wrap this up would be. Um, base your decision off what's going to give your team the best chance to win. Uh, because you know, if we're all being honest with ourselves, that's why we're doing this. Mm. So base your decision off what's, what you think will help the team win, um, take emotion out of it and then be decisive. You know, once you make a decision, you have to go with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I I see a lot of people kind of second guess or, or go back and forth and, um, a lot of athletes just want to know where they stand. Mm. You know, they, they don't want to be jerked around. Um, I, I had two girls one year that, uh, they were pretty much dead even. And so I told them from the get go, you're going to both compete for a spot. There's going to be different opportunities where you can, you know, prove that, that you're going to earn that spot. And, um, and so it was set out, you know, pretty clearly. And I gave them the opportunities and the girl who performed better, um, ended up getting the spot. And, and I, you know, it was fair when it was all said and done, both of them, you know, cause I always get feedback. So both of them came back to me and said, you know, I really wish we didn't have to compete against each other the whole time. It just, it really stressed me out. I don't think I performed well. Um, now in hindsight, you know, I, I could have gone back and, and maybe just chosen one from the get go. Um, I don't know if we would have been better off or not, you know, fuck like we could have done even worse than we did. So, um, you know, just because they both hated the experience doesn't mean that it was a wrong decision. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But but it was difficult. You know, it was, it was really difficult for me to choose opt to go that way. Um, I, I definitely, in hindsight, I would have done it differently. Um, but with the information I had at the time, I, I still feel like it was the right thing to do. Um, you know, I couldn't have predicted that they would both be um, have a really hard time you know, competing. I, I thought that's what they would have wanted was mm. an opportunity to compete for the job. Um, so other, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's extremely difficult as a coach, but the, the best thing you can do is just be decisive from the get go and, uh, and never jerk people around. That just doesn't go over well. You lose, uh, you lose respect from your friends and teammates that way. So Tommy, with, um, with these teams that you build, how important is it to, do you groom like, um, leaders within the team or do they just always defer to you for um all the leadership or do you do you earmark someone and go right you know if if things go pear-shaped you know you're the decision maker or is it across the board that you'll kind of hope that everyone has uh, a decent amount of leadership ability um you know it's hard because if if i was i've never just coached a team uh for you know in in just the role of a coach um I, I guess I did one year uh, when I was competing as an individual. And, and yep. so that year, I definitely did kind of designate somebody because they were all looking at me. And I'm like, hey, you guys, you know, I want you to look to this person. I'm, I'm kind of designating them as a as a leader. You know, I trust that you guys will all chip chip in if you, if you have something that's useful. But if stuff gets crazy, you're going to look to this person for better or for worse and they're going to guide you because we, we at least have to have that plan in place. Um, and I couldn't be out on the floor with them. So mm-hmm. I did do it in that situation. In the situations where I was competing, it was a very weird dynamic. And we were talking um, out of those, out of my five teammates, you know, some of them, all of them were friends. Okay. Some of them were clients. Some of them were coaches. Um, some of them were 
you know, employees of mine, um, it, there's just a lot of, uh, of, of gray areas. So luckily when we we're out there competing, um, we were all on the same page. Again, it was a unique group. Um, the aftermath of it was, was kind of weird. It's kind of weird when you're someone's teammate and coach and friend, and then all of a sudden, you know, you have to tell them that their performance as a coach, as your employee, isn't cutting it, and um, you'll have that talk. So that, that's a whole different story. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining that's um, the whole thing would be tough, especially when you say, when you say at the end of the day, people, people, are, uh, people are friends first and foremost. You know, everything else is, is work and business. But then when you have to have those difficult work and business discussions with your friends, I'm assuming that you would have been put in a tough spot a bunch of times mm. in your, in your uh, if they your are your friends, they can recognize that what you have to do, what you're doing is what you have to do, mm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just, I've had to be okay with just accepting that I'm an asshole. <laughs> people still, are gonna, still everyone's nickname. You're, you're an asshole. You don't know what you're, you don't know what you're talking about. You're a, you're a total jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I just accept that. Um, yeah. You know, it's tough. Like being, being a manager or like a, a boss or, or whatever. Um, that, that's been the toughest role for me to take on. Um, I don't like holding people accountable. I'm more of a step in and do it myself person. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not good at delegating. And so it comes back to bite me in the ass, you know, something needs done instead of delegating from the get go, I just jump in and do it. Um, and then, you know, and then later on down the road, I'm like, God, why can't these guys, you know, accomplish a simple task. It's a, a, because like you dumbass, cause you've been doing it for them the whole time. Like yeah, you yeah, yeah. basically taught them that that's not their job. Yeah. <laughs> and so, will come um, and fix everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and I've, you know, I've <laughs> just got myself in trouble that way. So, um, you know, it's, it, that's been difficult. Like, like learning how to, I don't know, be a manager and, and it, it's a different leadership skill that I'm still working on and, and I have a long ways to go. Yeah. So, so oh, sorry, you go, Bill. Um, with the, um, with the fact that you've got uh, competitive, very competitive aspects to your gym, and then you've also you want to run a, a successful uh, affiliate. What are the what are the difficulties there? Because it, uh, I find I've got a lot of friends that have been affiliate owners that have tried to go one way or, or the other, and um, or well, not one way or the other, but they've tried to be a competitive gym, and a lot of the mm-hmm. time that uh, as a business decision, I feel like that's not always the best way in my very small yeah. circle of friends because, you know, you, you don't want to have that very, um, not aggressive, but you don't want to have that very... Um, well, you know, it just takes right? away a lot of the population. I- intimidating. Intimidating. Mm-hmm. intimidating it's intimidating to say, the, I'm, I'm competitive gym, isn't it? Yeah, and, and intimidating was the word I was looking for. You, don't, you, don't, you want to make sure you've got an awesome community. It's very friendly, very open. Yeah. People can walk through the door and see people smiling and patting yeah. each other on the bum and having a great time. Your average, mm-hmm. what's the? It must be a fine line you straddle there, being somebody who's competitive CrossFit yourself, um, competitive, very competitive gyms that have won the CrossFit Games. How do you make that? Um, how do you make that environment still an environment that your forty-five-year-old, fifty-five-year-old, overweight, you know, men and women, you know, that are, that are, you know, how do you make it friendly? Yeah, friendly for those for those crew. Yeah, that's. Um, I, you have to be very deliberate. So. Um, you know, a lot of affiliate owners have, have struggled with this. Obviously, you, you know, you know, some personally, um, I have the privilege of working with affiliate owners all over the world on a daily basis now. Um, 
and, and I talk to people all the time and I love just asking questions, man, and, and just hearing what they have to say. And at the end of the day, you have to be very deliberate about what culture you want to create. Yep. Uh, we were a very successful competitive gym, but that's never been our culture. And, and actually it's funny because when we were winning the CrossFit games and, and placing high, um, you could walk into our gym and, and you'd feel great. Now, some people who knew about us might be intimidated to show up because that's what they expected and they were, you know, they were blown away that, that we weren't like that. Yep. Um, we weren't competitive. Um, people kept their shirts on, you know, it's just, we just have our, our culture that we've created and, and it's changed a little bit over the years. It's, we, we've had our ups and downs, but, um, it's, it's basically been the same thing as, as we want to be a gym for everybody. We want to be a gym where people are comfortable walking in, um, you can't appease everybody. We've tried having a competitor's type program at the gym yeah. on the side. And that was just a, a huge waste of time. Um, all, all that happens with that from my experience is that people start doing it and immediately realize that they don't actually want to be competitors. And then they just go back to the regular classes. Um, so, and then the competitors, you know, want more than you can offer from a, from a regular class. Like they really need, you know, just to, to work out during the off hours and, you know, be in there and have someone, you know, a small group of people. So, um, I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, the people who want to compete find other people who want to compete. And that's the best way to do it is just form these little subgroups. Um, keep it separate from your regular clientele, uh, Diablo CrossFit on Northern California, uh, San Francisco area. Um, Craig Howard is the owner there. I think he's done better better job than anyone else I've seen. Um, as far as he's created a really good culture in his gym and, um, he has competitor type programs. It's not the focal point, mm-hmm. but you know, he does offer them opportunities and he still is, has an amazing community and what, and he works really hard at integrating both and getting the community behind the competitors is, you know, supporting them. Yep. Um, but then making sure day to day in the gym, the focus is on the clients and it's not on, you know, the, the competitor program just has to be off to the side. I, I believe Ben Bergeron used to kind of have a class, but he's gotten rid of it. He makes his competitor type people take regular classes. Uh, you know, there's just an illusion out there. Like everybody wants to be Matt Frazier and wants to be Katrin. And they think that the answer is to go get themselves a Ben Bergeron, you know, get themselves a, a coach who will, who will, you know, be on call and, 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 you know, be there everything. Um, and, and they have a, they have it backwards. Like you have to earn that right basically. So the, the competitors that I know that that have coaches who are like super tight with them and, and really cater to them, um, they've earned that by placing well and by winning championships, not by, you know, they didn't go get the coach and then have success. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Not not that coaching doesn't help people get there, but but it's kind of a there's a misconception, you know, to have basically like a full time personal coach. That's a right you got to earn. Like that just yeah. that business just doesn't work out. Like, hey, yeah. I, I'm looking for one person to train. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna support my family of six on it. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not gonna just give me a million dollars. Yeah, um, Tommy. So. Uh, Awesome, man. Hey, we want to go to six from six. We'll get you out of here. But uh, three questions from me first and then three questions from Tommy. Are you uh, are you ready to go, my man? 
Yeah, fire them away. Let's go. All righty. So my first questions, uh, my first questions are travel related. The first one being, what is your favorite travel destination on the planet? Somewhere that you've been that you would be the first place you would pick for your ideal holiday. Yeah, I'd, I got to go with Austria. Um, Austria. Beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I just, it, I mean, it's it's a first place I had ever been, you know, out of the U.S. So that that probably has a a lot to do with it. Um, but uh, the Austrian people are just great. You know, they're happy, they're fun. Um, so some amazing sites, some some really rich culture in Vienna, rich history. So um, yeah, I've I've had a few holidays there, and I just absolutely love it every time. Awesome, man. Uh, second question is similar vein, but the dream travel destination. So somewhere that you haven't been that is the uh, absolute top of your bucket list. Um, I, just based on pictures I've seen, I feel like uh, Machu Picchu is, Ooh, is a yes. place. Uh, have you guys been there? Yeah, yeah, I have. I uh, I did it maybe. I got to the uh, peak, the the top of Machu Picchu, the top of the hike on my the day of my twenty fifth birthday, actually. So nice. yeah, it was uh, with a couple of mates. It's an Epic, just an amazing four or five day trip. I have not been there, but I've done the second best thing and uh, Googled it on Google Images. So uh, I've actually been there, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was, a, it was a, like, I'll tell you, it was like a spiritual, it was like a religious experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. When I first saw the image of Machu Picchu, exactly, I, mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I even go there at this point because I've looked at it so yeah, much. Yeah, no I've already epiphanized. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, awesome. Yeah, that's nah, a it's a amazing amazing spot. Peru and the whole of South America is my favorite part of the world. I own a travel company. I've traveled a lot. There's just so many different. Um, there's a Machu Picchu in every in every Latin country, pretty much. You know, it might not be as amazing, but it's you know to some degree. All the um, ancient ruins and waterfalls and lakes and glaciers, South America and Peru, the whole area is just the best. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's every country. It's, it's kind of like uh, coming through the States, you know, you can see all these different Walmarts. Um, you know, <laughs> S- South America, you have these like old religious temples. Yeah, so. yeah well, maybe, maybe, in, uh, maybe in 500 years, the Walmarts will be looked at, looked at the same way. You, people Tommy, you know? Google, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, Google the famous Walmart, Google Walmart. in Cincinnati. Yeah. Much, much, much of it. <laughs> they'll, they'll be talking about how, uh, how 2,000 years ago, the people who went to Walmart figured out that the earth was round and, yeah. you know, they, they were way ahead of their time. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then 50 years later, they figured out that the earth was flat again. Yeah, and exactly. then, uh, yeah. and then, it's not but, basketball, said it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Right. Cool. And my last question, Tommy, is any, um, book that you like to recommend to people can be a graphic novel, can be a autobiography, can be a, uh, self-help book, anything, just your favorite book you like to recommend? Uh, people hate me for this, but the my favorite book I've ever read was Atlas Shrugged. So uh, if you're able to pick up a copy, it's over a 1,000 pages, like Ooh. really small print. Brutal. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, give yourself a, a few uh, few months to read it if you want to do it. Um, but that, that was a life-changing book for me. It's uh, just really kind of helped me – uh, you know, hone in on my own, like, kind of personal value system, philosophy, um, morality. It, it basically touches on everything. Um, and it resonated with me. Um, but for business owners, can I throw in one more book? Yeah, absolutely. For business owners, um, uh, this book called Profit First by uh, Mike Michalowicz. Um, it's, it's a great read. It's it's a very just simple, effective tool. Um for doing your accounting that will, uh, it'll, it'll change away. It'll change a lot of things about your business. It's, it's literally extremely simple. Um, 
but it, it basically teaches you how to overcome your own personal human nature. Um, you know, essentially the book teaches you how to do accounting so you can actually make a profit in your business. Mm -hmm. Um, and why that's important because it's, it's just human nature that if we have anything extra, if we have extra money, we're going to find a, some justification for spending it. Yep. Um, so yeah, for the last six months I've done nothing, but I've spent like half my time with the business just hiding money for myself. So I don't know it exists. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I've been, I've been able to buy new equipment for the gym, um, three different times in 2017. So, uh, you know, just, just hiding a, every dollar that I can possibly hide for myself. It's allowed me to be a better gym owner, you know, um, pay coaches better, um, and, and really give back a lot more. So it's, it's been, it's been a very valuable tool. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, uh, Tommy, what do you like to do when you have some spare time or when you have some downtime? Um, I don't have a lot of it, but I love reading and I I really thought long and hard about this. Uh, basically, Basically anything that just keeps me active. Um, I, I've been, like I said, I'm basically retired. I, I probably work out two to three times per week for like an hour. Sure. Uh, so it's like a treat when I get to do it. And uh, so if I can go biking, snowboarding, uh, learn any kind of new sport, like I, I played tennis a couple times. I loved it. Um, just anything that keeps me active is is what I'll be doing if I have some extra time. Beautiful, man. And uh, what about a role model, someone you looked up to as a kid or someone you currently look up to? Tom Hearn, Adventure Beat Radio, uh, <laughs> obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anybody named Tommy, first of all. Yeah. <laughs> We're and, all very uh, sexy. <laughs> yes, especially if our last name is Hackenbrook, like <laughs> two of us. Like two of us, correct, yeah. <laughs> um, my dad's always been my role model, still continues to be. Uh, he's, a, he's an extremely patient man. Um, incredible work ethic and um, you know he's, he's always he, he's just very well liked uh, everywhere like it used to drive me crazy we'd go back to Corvallis where he went to college and played football and, and we couldn't go anywhere walk anywhere this is like 30 years after you know he was there but we'd, yeah. we'd bump into someone he knew everywhere um, <laughs> so he, he's just a genuinely really good person he's been a great father and uh, he's the person I most want to be like nice Hey, and Tommy, uh, final question, my friend. If you could invite three people, dead or alive, to dinner, who would they be and why? Um, yeah, this is uh, this is kind of a fun one. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I could have gone a lot of different routes, but I basically decided to just make this the most fun dinner party ever. So I, I chose <laughs> the, three, the three people who are just like the wittiest, um, like extremely intelligent but extremely witty um, the best historical figures that, that I could think of. And yeah. so I went with, uh, Benjamin Franklin, Winston Churchill and Mark Twain. And That'd I apologize that there's no Aussies on there. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we're taking it personally, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got a Brit at least, you know, yeah, I got exactly. We're basically the same thing. <laughs> yeah. We're basically all from the, the same motherland. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Mate. Hey, uh, Tommy, um, Anything you want to plug, mate, your social medias, um, anything coming up, some current ventures, now's your time to do so. Oh, man, I I, uh, I just got to plug the uh, – I, I mentioned earlier, you know, I work with gym owners every day and um, for the last year and a half, um, you know, business-wise, when I'm not running my gyms, I've been doing some uh, some marketing with the New You Challenge and um, it's just uh, – it's basically a program that uh, – it changed my gym. It uh, helped us get through some rough times. Sure. Um, 
just a marketing company. We help get people in the door. Um, gyms don't pay a dime. It's, it's free for the gyms, you know, to, uh, to participate with us. Uh, but you know, we only get paid if people sign up. So when things go well, everybody wins. Um, but yeah, we've done some great things. We've worked with about probably over 700 affiliates wow. and we've, we martial arts as well. So we've worked with over a thousand gyms worldwide. Um, wow. a lot of traction right now in Europe and, uh, nice. we have about probably 25, 30 partners in Australia and New Zealand as well. Um, so that's been fun, Shoot, man. It's, nice it's been one, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Helping gyms grow, helping get people through the door. Um, everybody's experience is a little different, but, uh, I've been doing this eight years and, and there's times where I was like just overwhelmed because there's so many people who wanted to sign up and, you know, over the last few years, it's kind of been the opposite problem, um, where I was scratching my head trying to figure out how I was going to keep the lights on. And, uh, this has just, uh, been a good way for us to just to get new faces, new blood in the door. And, um, you know, it's, it's the, the beauty of it is all been people from outside my reach. Um, it's all been people who really didn't have any exposure to CrossFit and, and to, to my gym, you CrossFit, um, which was crazy, you know, cause I was like, Oh, everybody knows about us. You know, we, yeah. we won the CrossFit games and yeah. we've been around for three, four years. And, um, I'm it was just like, <laughs> exactly. Like it was complete arrogant, just fallacy that I, I thought that <laughs> everyone in the community must have heard of our gym. Uh, but I know a lot of, a lot of owners feel the same way. They're like, Oh, you like people must've heard about us. I mean, I've had people who live around the corner from my freaking gym yeah. and they're like, Oh, I didn't know you guys were here. And, um, so it was, it was just crazy. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, Tommy, um, what's your next, uh, your, your next, uh, travel plans? Mate, we're going to, uh, we're going to Iceland in November actually. That's gonna nice. be um, it's gonna be a rad one, and then back to New Zealand in early 2018. Got an Australian mini trip. Got a bunch of cool stuff coming up. We do have a Peru trip that we were working on um, that had Machu Picchu attached, of course. Um, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll keep you posted, mate. Please do. Um, so why sure. Iceland in November? Isn't it going to be like freaking cold? Oh, mate, it's going to be the coldest. It'll be cold city. But um, <laughs> Iceland, uh, Iceland is November because that's when we can see the auroras. You know, the, uh, oh, the, the northern yeah. lights, the aurora borealis. So that's from like October till March. But October's kind of a bit iffy sometimes. November's when you have a real good chance of seeing the auroras and it's the least absolutely freezing. Oh, okay. Because it's going to be absolutely gotcha. freezing. And there's still sunlight at that, at that time. So you can't really have your cake and eat it too with Iceland. You can't have, um, you can't have eight hours of sunlight in the day. Um, you can't have any <laughs> level of warmth in the air and, you, and have the auroras as well. So we had to make a bit of a trade-off there. Yeah. Hey, I, I figure you can bundle up. I, that's what I like about cold weather is you can always put on more clothes. Yeah, um, that's right. You know, when it gets like 40 degrees Celsius, you're, uh, you, you just can't escape it. There's nothing you can do. Can't, can't uh, take off more skin. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in Las Vegas right now, and it's uh, it's been just hot as shit. So. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Iceland sounds pretty good right about now. <laughs> yeah. Put it all on red, mate. Put it all on red. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll do. Yeah, yeah. all of it. Yeah. I got, I got ten, tens of dollars on me right now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Are you going to the uh, – is the USC in Las Vegas this weekend or no? Uh, the what in Las Vegas? The UFC. Um, I I have no idea. There's <laughs> there you go. everything's here all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah, well, uh, dude, I'm not sure when the next UFC is. I all I all I care about right now is the uh, 
the next McGregor uh, Mayweather fight. Oh, that's really it. epic. That's the only fight everyone, I'm interested in. I think everyone's the entire world it. is interested Oh, right totally. Now. Yep. Everyone's going to be watching it. It's going to be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tommy. Well, before we go, we, we will get your your tip for um, McGregor Mayweather without um, – we'll uh, yeah. yeah, what's your uh, what's your round and prediction? Um, damn, I uh, I think it'll go the distance and I think Mayweather's going to win every round like 10-9. But yeah. – um, very close. But McGregor's just such a – or 10-8 or whatever. I don't know how they score boxing exactly. Yeah. But McGregor's just uh, – I have all the respect for him in the world as uh, you know, someone who's just not going to get knocked out, not going to give up. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know how anyone, any human being, I don't care how talented you are, um, can pick up a new, newish sport like that. And uh, you know, I, I think Mayweather is the best all-time technician. Yeah. Uh, and and he's also smart. Like he he always fights smart. He doesn't get into you know he's not going to go try and knock Mayweather out just to prove a point. He's going to go win uh, the way he always wins, and, and just by by using his speed and agility. It's uh, it's an interesting first fight, <laughs> first boxing fight to fight the greatest ever. But yeah. it'll be it'll be the spectacle yeah. of all spectacles. So, hey, uh, we will get you out of here though, Tommy. Thanks for coming on the show, man. It's been a, a good chat. I've loved it. Yeah, you bet. It was a pleasure being on here. I uh, love what you guys do. So thanks for having me on. And, and seriously, hit me up about that uh, Peru trip. I'm, I'm super interested. Will do, man. 100%. All right. Thanks, Doc. Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Tommy. Right. Take it easy, brother. All right. See you, T-Bone. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> guys, if you enjoyed that show, and I fucking hope you did. Uh, sorry. Basically, to give you a rundown, Bill and I, we record the intros and outros together, and that blowjob gag literally sent me off a rocket. It was uh, absolute classic. So uh, just just, to, just as a quick finish up, I'm not going to give free blowjobs. Um, so don't mention Measure Radio when you get down to the mindmate.com because I'm, uh, I'm not made of blowjobs. So please don't. Uh, guys, but if you... If you um, if you like the show, if you like what we're on about and you want to keep it, keep it pumping, uh, the best non-financial way to do so is to head to iTunes and give us a rating and review. You can give it one star if you want, but uh, if you can give it five stars, guys, we, uh, we can climb the ladder and uh, get everyone talking about uh, Adventure Fit and the shit we do. And also, we, we love reading your reviews, so, so please, please uh, keep writing those. Uh, now, please, guys, we are brought to you, as you know, by... Quash Creative, so Q-U-A-I-S-H creative.com. Head to Quash Creative, mention Adventure Fit Radio, and you will get a free basic SEO report or feedback on your existing brand. Head to Audible. The offer there is mention radio at audibletrial.com.au, Bill. Is it .au? Uh, audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio. Forward slash ADVF radio, correct. So audibletrial.com forward slash ADVF radio, and you will get a free credit there when you subscribe. Also, two guys, Adventure Fit Travel. The founder is sitting right next to me. Bill, did you want to talk about Adventure Fit Travel? Uh, not, not particularly much, but just make sure uh, if you do want to come on a trip with us, guys, use the code word radio um, and, uh, and you'll get 10% off any and all trips. Oh, and finally, guys, if you did like anything we spoke about during the show, head to our website, which is www.adventurefittravel.com. You can click, uh, you can click radio there and all the show notes will be involved when you click on to the Tommy Hackenbrook episode. So until next week, guys, bye-bye.